Hello and welcome to episode 2 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave and I want to start by apologising for the big gap between episodes 1 and 2. Uh, there's quite a few things been happening in the background. Uh, of course, been sorting out more interviews, of which they'll be coming at you fairly soon. Another one is we sorted out a new format show already this early on into the podcast life. Uh, I thought it quite apt, really, because the interviews that I'll be doing are going to be with people throughout all aspects of the entertainment industry. So I figured like a regular monthly uh, show to fit into this feed where we uh, we'll chat about all different things to do with it, games, music, uh, movies, books, anything whatsoever. So I'm joined, as I will be in each of these every month, by Chris from the same coin and Ramrod, well, from your nightmares probably. Um, we start, uh, because we recorded this around Halloween, it's quite apt that the films we talked about were horror related. Uh, we talk about a few albums and of course with Chris on we've got to talk video games, haven't we? So sit back and have a listen to the first of these monthly shows as we talk all things everything. Right, I want to start this one off um, with a movie, and I know you, Ramrod, you've got something to say about this, because we watched it together. Uh, Stabby, not sure if you've seen it or not. If you haven't, I'm sure you want to, uh, you're want you going to want to watch it, and I want to have a quick chat about The Babadook. Oh. oh one, of, one of our Halloween films. Stabby, have, have you seen it? I've got to ask you for that first, The Babadook, have you seen it yet? I've heard amazing things about it. This is that horror film, isn't it? It's everywhere I look. It's like five stars, five stars. Um, I've, one question I've got to ask, though, as soon as you're watching it together, and I've heard it's really scary. Were you holding hands at any time? <laughs> mm. There was a bit of a distance between us. There was, regretfully. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you t- tell us all about it, because yeah, I've heard really, really good th- things about this. Well, this was uh, part of a double bill, wasn't it? Because uh, we always go, we always go around to Ramrods for um, fancy dress Halloween, and we always get a couple of films in. And this was one of the films on the night, and it dis- it didn't disappoint. We wanted a scary film, and mm. it didn't disappoint. And this is coming from two people who have watched horror films for many, many years. And it's, I think I'm safe in saying, mate, isn't it? It's it's hard to be scared nowadays, isn't it, by a film? Well, I mean. My Halloween night normally is made made or broken by the quality of the movie. Mm-hmm. And Babadook came up and I went, perfect. It's got to be the perfect Halloween movie. Everything I've read, but with hindsight, I've read a lot of great reviews about other horror films that I thought were shit. You know, <laughs> Innkeepers is just, oh. I'm going to say Ty West, you know. But I don't know, something about the Babadook, I think... Even the reviews have been like amazing for it. It really is that good because it's not just a horror film. It's a psychological thriller and it's going to be one of these films that's in everybody's top 20 all-time horror movies like Rosemary's Baby Good, Shining Good. Yeah. It was, it was, it was amazing. It was so well done for an independent movie, which, you know, how many horror films hit DVD these days? And they're just absolute shite rip-offs, low-budget crap. But this is Independence Australian. And I don't think I've ever seen a bad film come out of Australia. Um, but it was mortifyingly scary. Really was. Everybody was terrified. It didn't It didn't go for those uh, really cheap jump scares all the time either, did it? No, it's... Um... It's a lot deeper psychologically. I mean, I don't want to give spoilers away. Obviously, if you haven't seen it, Chris, it's... You've got to sit, you've got to take it in. 
it's not going to make you jump. It's going to make you very upset. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It's It goes into some real primal feelings about parents and trust and something horrible in your cupboard. And it mixes them all together. And, you, you know, it made Halloween, really, didn't it, Dave? Give or oh, it take. Did. I say yeah. it made Halloween, apart from, you know, the booze and the <laughs> Dave's really tight pants and stuff yeah. I guess. <laughs> my, my my tight red tights yeah, yeah. i think that was probably the scariest thing actually is me in red tights could have been right oh, that's know. that's open to debate dave <laughs> <laughs> i saw a picture of that that you were dressed up as richie rich weren't you from um bottom yeah it was my tribute to rick mail yeah oh, okay it was yeah you nailed it dave <laughs> S- a, a suspect package was brought with you <laughs> in your uh in your tights i but you know, you've never revealed that before, but that's part of the costume, I can only imagine. Well, you know, I've, if you're going to reveal something scary, Halloween's the night to do it, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I'm Indeed. just I'm look, looking at IMDb, and it's um, the kind of synopsis, I guess, is it says a single mother plagued by the violent death of her husband battles with her son's fear of a monster lurking in the house, mm-hmm. but soon discovers a sinister presence all around her. So... I mean, I'm kind of getting, I mean, I don't know, you can tell me if it's different, but like a vibe sort of similar to The Orphanage, maybe, or, um, oh, blimey, what's the the one where, again, it's, oh, shit, I've forgotten what it's called now, but something similar to The Orphanage, is it a, sort of a similar vibe or not, really? Am I totally off the track? It's, um, I think, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's closer to like a Rosemary's Baby sort of shining sort of thing. I think The Orphanage was literally ghosts right. and um babadook's more implied horror i mean it doesn't hold back on things that are terrifying but it's a thinking man's horror movie in that sense i think orphanage is closer to it's not more it, orphanage maybe is a little bit more mainstream in terms of scares babadook is like oh right okay it's not just something that's in your cupboard it's something a bit more closer to home and you know mild spoiler there but that's what makes it above and beyond your average mm-hmm. horror movie you know um i think a big shout out has to go out to um noah wiseman as well the kid in it who is oh, absolutely ridiculous. superb he's really incredible isn't he? he just sells it totally yeah i mean i I know it's a bad thing to say, but I fucking hate kids in films normally. <laughs> I hate them. I mean, apart from the kid in Jerry Maguire, who's really cute and all this, but kids in horror movies is a hard thing to sell because they're either scared or they're not scared, and that's about it. But this kid's got to act a role. He's got to play a part that evolves throughout the film, and I've never seen anything like it off a kid. You know, you, you want to throttle him, because he, he plays it so well. He's so believable. Oh, yeah. If he so was then, your kid, it would be oh, so stressful, wouldn't it? Yeah. He he absolutely was, like, I thought he probably needs, like, counselling after he's seen this kid, because he just totally blows you away. And his tenderness in some of the scenes, it's like there's a man in a kid suit playing this part. He's so good. And he really does make a hell of a lot of difference to how scary the movie is, because you believe this kid is going through some shit. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's definitely one I got my eye on. I think when, um, yeah, um, definitely one I won't watch with my two-year-old. <laughs> oh no, no, no! No, I would advise you though, uh, if you get the opportunity, watch it at night in the dark. 
Yeah. 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 It's one of those. Yeah. Just to give that added effect to it as well. Oh, awesome. What about you, Chris? If you were been watching anything or got a film you want to talk about? Yeah, definitely, because um, similar to you guys, with it being Halloween, I like to put on a scary movie or at least kind of like a scary-themed movie, so to speak, because like you guys, I mean, you've obviously seen so many films between us that it's hard to be scared by stuff these days. Um, but I went with um, one I hadn't seen for a long, long time, and it's by John Carpenter. I know I think we all love John Carpenter, don't we? Oh, Amen. God. yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, we watched The Thing recently, but that's not what I was uh, going to be talking about. Um, it's a film from 1993, so you could talk, you could argue it's his lean period, um, but it's called Body Bags. Have you mm. guys seen that one? I have. It was yeah. quite a while ago. It's probably, again, it's probably, but it's VHS the last time I watched that. Yeah, I, I think it's sort of late 90s I saw it. I think it was on TV, on Channel 4, some yeah, something like that anyway. I mean, just to sort of like talk about the um, the movie itself, it's an anthology of, of guess, of horror stories. So you've got three stories. Um, you've got one called The Gas Station, one called Hair, and the, the other one called Eye. And um, he's kind of like uh, the Crypt Keeper. You know, he's in a morgue. Uh, he's kind of like the the, the, li- the bit that links the, the movies together, all the short stories together. And I, I always loved these uh, type of uh, films, like anthologies of horror films growing up, um, just because if there's one story that you didn't particularly like or you thought was a bit rubbish, there's something else that's going to catch your attention. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just, it's just that kind of... You know, you never get bored with. I mean, there's some obviously some quite famous ones. You know, like um, Cat's Eye, uh, Creep Show. Uh, but closer to home, there's one by uh, it's called Robert Powell's in it, called Asylum. I don't know if you've uh, oh, seen that. Oh God, one. yeah, that's a great film. That's old uh, Amicus one, I think. That yeah. isn't it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And then that's that still creeps me out. That one does because I think just the tone of it all, the sort of the um, he's like this this. I guess psychiatrist or something. He's going over to this asylum, funnily enough, and um, he's chatting with the guy who runs the place. And you know, it's then he's speaking to the inmates, and that's the the story. Those are the stories that they tell. But this one, like I say, it's John Carpenter. It's I mean, it's, it's not particularly scary. I mean, one of one of the stories, I suppose, is a bit creepier than the others. But he's kind of like this um, this guy, and he's he's having a bit of a laugh and a joke with some of the corpses and then he links into the different stories I mean you've only got to look at the cast list to sort of like the people who've worked on the movie that it's a who's who you know John Carpenter directed uh, The Gas Station um, and Hair and then Toby Hooper directed I which stars Mark Hamill and you just got to look like I say looking at some of the the people that are in it um, you've got Toby Hooper as a, a cameo um Wes Craven, Sam Raimi, David Norton from American Werewolf in London, um, Stacey Keach is in it. Um, it's it's kind of like all these people that have been in either you know kind of horror films or cult films. To you know Greg Nicotero, uh, famous uh, sort of visual effects artist. I think he's done working on The Walking Dead, you know, and all that kind of stuff or makeup effects. Uh, Debbie Harry's in it. Uh, like I say, I mentioned Mark Hamill, uh, Twiggy for God's sake, you know, Roger Corman. <laughs> Um, Charles Napier, you know, all these people. And then um, it's produced by one of the people that you had on your In Conversation shows, uh, Sandy King, uh, Carpenter now, but Sandy King at the time. Um, there's some visual effects done by Rick Baker, you know, sort of again, really sort of like famous um, visual effects guy from Hollywood. And I just, I think it's great. It's been a, a few years since I've seen it. And uh, like I said, 
the, the stories themselves, the, the first one, Gas Station, is pretty good um, in terms of the scares and stuff like that, building up the tension, typical Carpenter kind of stuff. Um, Hair is the comedy-ish segment, I guess, about uh, um, Stacey Keach's hair's falling out, so he goes to, to have a... Uh, oh, I uh, remember that one now. Now yeah, you've said that, yeah. He goes to have a hair transplant kind of thing, and it's... Well, I don't really want to give it away. I mean, it's a fairly old film, <laughs> but, um, you know, he goes, and it doesn't particularly go the, one, the way he wants it to. David Warner's in that as well, you know, famous David Warner. And... Um, then I, which is probably the, the most graphic of all of the stories, he's uh, that's about Mark Hamill and he's a baseball player and he has a car accident and he loses an eye, which gets replaced by uh, a serial killer's eye. And it's the typical, you know, the, he starts having sort of flashbacks about the serial killer and all this kind of stuff. So, but it's really good. I, I really enjoy it. You know, it's kind of just enjoyable, uh, not scary particularly, just fun, just a fun horror f- or kind of like Halloween film. So, yeah, I'd. Uh, definitely recommend that one. That's a hell of a think, cast, though, isn't it? I mean, oh god, yeah. I was like, it's a who's who of, of horror films or cult yeah. films. And um, the thing is, as well, that I mean, I've been looking around to buy this at some. You can't buy, it, say, from your, you know, Amazon. Uh, well, you can, but it's about, you know, you have to import it, and it's fairly expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like HMV, you can't sort of just walk in there. I don't know if it's been deleted or, or whatever. But this would be perfect for like an Arrow release. You know, I think they could do some work, some magic on this. Um, so I watched it on YouTube. It is freely available on, on YouTube to watch. So that's kind of where. And what other movie? You probably won't remember this, but what other movie can you say you can get to see Mark Hamill's bare ass? And you, 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 you do get to see quite a lot of his ass at one point. So <laughs> you play him in the dreams now. <laughs> you play him in so, the dreams. <laughs> but no, it's cool. It's very good. Yeah. So I, I thought I'd just throw that one in there. Oh wow, Ramrod. When was the yeah. last time you you watched Wrong. that? It's funny you're saying it actually because I. I spend a lot of time going through Amazon, and I like to mooch through old Region One releases of things you can't necessarily get. Body bags always pops up, and it's about forty quid on DVD, I think. Um, but Shout Factory have re-released it on one of their super duper shit hot editions. But again, it's Region Lock. Oh, that's so fucking annoying! So you can't this get Region it. Lock shit. It, we, it's we, one of the... we should be past that by now, surely. Well, I mean they. For some reason, they they continue to do it, and I know Body Bags is one of the ones. And I, like yourself, Dave, remember it on VHS. And as soon as you said Body Bags, Mark Hamill came straight into my head because I just <laughs> I remember very little about the the stories. I was a portmanteau. I remember it. I can't remember all those stars in it. That's how long ago it was. And you've bloody sold it to me now because I need to see it again <laughs> immediately. If John Carpenter's directed it and Rick Baker's done the effects, what the fuck don't I own it? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I need it in my life. But Stacy Keach losing his hair. I think he started losing his hair back in 1965. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you because... what, the, the, the wig he has on, it's, it, it, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's, um, it's sort of like, it's quite funny because he goes from like thinning hair to having this fucking amazing hairstyle it's like long hair down to his sort of like back <laughs> so yeah that's definitely worth well worth checking out yeah it is it is ace i remember i remember it being out on vhs and it being one of those ones everybody was like oh you gotta watch body bags or my geeky horror friends it's it's john carpenter's the crypt keeper sort of thing but yeah. yeah i'm gonna have to get it now you should be working for shout factory selling stuff now doing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's one point actually again just sort of like a little easter egg i guess to a certain extent the um 
the gas station story that's like she's either watching the TV or the radio. I forget now which, uh, listen to the radio. But they, they kind of say, oh, there's been another murder in Haddonfield, which links it back to nice, yeah. Halloween. Halloween. So that, yeah. that's pretty cool, you know. So it's definitely well worth checking out. It's like a little horror love letter sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm, nice. What about you, Ramrod? Any uh, film you want to talk about? Well, um, I haven't really... I mean, apart from the Halloween, the double bill, and um, I'll just touch briefly on VHS Viral. I don't know if you've seen the other VHSs, Chris, and they're sort of following on from your body bags. It links well because they're a sort of anthology of horror. The first two were pretty good. I did enjoy them. Yeah. The, so, second, the second one, of, of the first two, the second one's definitely my favourite. I've got to say that. Yeah, it's got some, some well-written, low-budget horror and done really effectively, so... You know, VHS Viral, the third one, I was obviously quite excited about. I thought, again, you know, something fresh. Oh, what a bag of shit that was. <laughs> that was just, that nearly killed Halloween night, didn't it? It was oh, atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, it I was. mean, to think I had the incredible melting man on Blu-ray sitting there ready to go. But I thought, no, 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 I'll watch something new, like a dickhead. Um, <laughs> but no, the film I've, I think I've watched recently that I've really enjoyed, that maybe I shouldn't have. I, I thought Annabelle was fucking amazing. I thought it was a magnificent horror movie. Um, I mean, I sat there and watched it with my girlfriend, and we do like a ghost story. I'm a bit of a sucker for a ghost story. If you go back to like a film like The Changeling, which oh, is classic. Ugh, still makes me go cold now thinking about it. Um, and if nobody's ever seen The Changeling, it's an early 80s George C. Scott ghost story, and it's absolutely one of the best ghost stories you'll ever see. Um but Annabelle, I think, when I saw the trailers for it, I thought, oh, God, here we go again. It's a cash-in on the conjuring. James Wan's taken over the horror industry. But it was really well done. Really effective, good horror movie. And from the advertising, I think you think it's just going to be about a doll. But it's not. It's about a horrible black colored demon that wants to get into your house and scare the shit out of you. <laughs> um I, I was blown away by Annabelle, and I can imagine a lot of like horror aficionados won't watch it probably because they'll go, "It's the same old thing. It's a jump scare movie. It's James Wan's involved." But I can't recommend it highly enough. I mean, the reviews were terrible for it, but I, I shat my pants watching it. <laughs> Isn't this like a part of the prequel to Is it The Conjuring? Yeah, it's a it's because that le- doll plays in a part within The Conjuring, doesn't it? Yeah, it's 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 a tenuous link to the conjuring yeah. because it's the doll. Um, I mean, the conjuring probably most people listening would have seen it because it was a very successful and a very well-made horror movie. Um, but Annabelle's, I think it touches on uh, the Charles Manson cult murders yeah. and the Satanism involved with that, and it's almost as if the spirit of uh, one of the contests is passed into the doll and the doll doesn't do the killing. I thought it was going to be like child's play. This doll's going to go around and push people out of windows and I wouldn't have bothered with it. But it's the the possession of this doll that manifests in the house. I and mean, I don't want to say too much about it because it's quite a new film and obviously people want to have seen it. But if you want, you know, a really effective horror movie and I, I don't scream often maybe when my foot goes on fire or <laughs> my girlfriend leaves the gas on and switches a light on, something like that, I'll make me scream. But this actually made me physically scream because some of the some of the scares in it were so well done. 
you know, it, I, it was really unexpected, you know, sandwich that between Seagal movies. I would highly recommend Annabelle as one of the best horror films I've seen this year. And there haven't been many. There yeah. really haven't been many this year. Um, you've would... seen it, you've seen it, Dave. I think you watched I've it. I've seen it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'll agree with you, mate, on that. It was it, again. It was another scary film, which, uh, as we mentioned earlier, is getting like quite rare recently. Mm. Especially you know if you've grown up watching horror films too. Uh, th- there was a couple of bits where you, the usual horror film shit, where you go, "Oh, why, why are you doing that?" Yeah. You know? But the, maybe two at most. Um, but they're definitely more than offset by the scares that you get through it. And um, Chris, I've got to ask you have, you, have you seen The Conjuring or Annabelle? I haven't seen either. No, I'm, but I'm just looking at this doll. I mean, these kind of porcelain type dolls, you know, that those and clowns. Who the uh, who would buy these types <laughs> exactly. of dolls? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, for my job once, so I went into somebody's house and um, I walked up the stairs and, and I thought that somebody stood at the top of the stairs, but it was a, like a life-size one of these type of dolls. Uh, and then I walked into you. the living room and they were fucking everywhere. And I was like... <laughs> I'm walking into like a set of a horror film or something. It was just, <laughs> who the hell would buy that? And it, they're just so creepy, aren't they? It's but, it's yeah. it's big. I mean, in the film where he like kind of the husband gives it to his wife, and it's kind of set in like the late sixties, I think the movie. So it's got a nice period feel to it. But when he gives her this doll, because she collects dolls, and she's got small dolls on shelves, and he gives her Annabelle, it's like the size of a person. And straight away you're like, what the fuck? Why would you give her that? Is was this as a sex doll? What are you know? <laughs> what is its purpose to be that big? You know, so it can house a massive demon. Obviously, you know how thick am I? <laughs> but yeah, I mean it does. I mean I've watched the documentary on the Conjuring, because um, it's about a real couple who were demonologists, and it's based on a true story. The Conjuring. That's why it's you know it's a little bit better than your average like insidious which was okay i thought mm. but conjuring had a lot more going on for it because it's based on real people that really did this and the real annabelle doll does not look like that doll that's hollywood painting a picture the real annabelle doll is so cute and cuddly but apparently it housed this horrendous demon and it still stays in this box in this person's basement to this day um, which is fucking horrible. Again, why would you want it there, for Christ's sake, if it's housed a demon? Um, but it doesn't look like that in real life, but it's quite... It, it doesn't... I. It looks creepy as shit when he gives it to her, and she's like, oh, thanks, I'm just going to put it on the shelf. And then it gets possessed by a, a psychopath, you know, mm. standard, really. It's like, it thanks, is. you shouldn't have bothered. Yeah. You know, you really shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have bothered. Could have no, taken me it... out for dinner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is uh, this is a thing. See, when I first went, start going out with um, my girlfriend, or as she became my wife, she sort of, sort of said, you know, um, oh yeah, I like horror films. I, I, you know, I really like horror films. I think, oh great, you know, we can have to share something in common. And I think it was Saw Three. We went to see it at the cinema, and that just she spent most of the time covering her eyes. And ever since then, she just won't watch <laughs> horror films. That is, that's the so most it's, horrific one, though. It's my favourite one. Three. I remember going <laughs> to the cinema to see Saw Three. And it's the first time ever I watched people walk out in in disgust and shock and terror yeah. in Saw 3, yeah. It was it, pretty grim. But, I mean, it, it's like, so now she won't bother, so I kind of don't get to watch horror films as much as I'd like. But I'll definitely look at these ones, yeah. I did see Insidious, uh, you mentioned that. And I thought, mm. again, like you, I thought for about three quarters of the film it was pretty good. It was quite creepy. It made me jump a couple of times. But then it just kind of went a bit silly towards the end with, you know, the... Yeah, I thought that too with that one. The Red yeah. Demon with the sewing machine. 
that scene. Yeah. Yeah. What the? Why go there? And the sequel was. Oh my god! I can't even talk about it. <laughs> but again, he makes a shit ton of money because people are eating up horror these days. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous. I have seen somebody walk out of the cinema before, Dave. Actually, I saw somebody. I was in the Printworks in Manchester, and we were watching Hannibal, and it was the part where Ray Liotta gets his brain fed to him. Oh, I saw okay. about six people leave in one go. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the best. I also some, saw somebody overdose while watching the Jackass movie in a cinema in Rill. <laughs> <laughs> Paramedics that had come and revive someone, oh, which, was, which was God. awesome. I think he did get out watching Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> it obviously scared the shit out of him. Either he had a heart attack watching Jackass, or I think he was off his face. I was in Real for Christ's sake. Yeah. No offence to anybody that lives in Real, but maybe listening. But, but you it live is there, you know the, the problems. Course. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a shithole. Yeah. It's a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a hole of shit. <laughs> right, what we're going to do is because like we're already like over two-thirds of the way through... Um, I think it's quite apt, considering like we're close to Halloween. We've given some good recommendations for uh, for horror films tonight as well, which is, has fitted in really well. But what I want to do is I want to move it on to video games. And obviously, Chris, uh, you know you're one of the co-hosts of the same coin. Um, go Woo. and kick it off. Tell us tell us about a game. I know you there's a game um, that you want to talk about. There is, um, and it's one that uh, it's quite timely actually because it's just. Uh, well, tomorrow, that, that won't make any sense to anybody listening to this, but it's actually getting a physical release uh, up until recently, or up until now, you, you've only been able to buy it digitally. Um, and it's out on, I think, most formats, uh, you know, 360, PS3, it's just coming out on PS4 and Xbox One, I think, as well. And it's The Wolf Among Us. Uh, oh, yeah. And I think, Dave, you've played this, haven't you? Yeah, I played it on the 360 when it was downloaded. Completed it too, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this comes in chapters. It's by Telltale Games, um, who I suppose they're probably most famous for doing most recently the Walking Dead games, the series of games. Um, kind of, they're point-and-click kind of adventure games that they're all about story. There's little, there's not so much gameplay. There's a few kind of like quick time events uh, where you either have to press buttons or move the, the, the controller stick one way to do something. Uh, but generally speaking, they're kind of games all about the characters and the interaction with the characters. And how your choices affect the world and what goes on. Um, Telltale are um, going to be doing as well Game of Thrones, which is coming out this year, which I think is going to be freaking massive for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're doing Tales from the Borderlands, which is from like the Borderlands uh, universe. So they've, they've, I mean, they've done some, in the past Back to the Future, Sam and Max, you know, Tales of Monkey Island. So they, this is kind of like their pedigree. This is what they do, uh, and, and the. The Wolf Among Us, it's been out for a while. And, and I think the reason why I wanted to talk about this a bit is because um, I don't think it necessarily gets as much press or discussion about it than, say, The Walking Dead. And I mean, I, I'm not criticising The Walking Dead. It's just The Walking Dead is frigging huge, you know, it's and everybody talks about The Walking Dead. So, And I think this perhaps gets a little bit overlooked. But I think from my point of view, giving away what I think about it already, I think this is actually better than The Walking Dead. Mm. Um, so... This is the sort of storyline or background to it is that you play as uh, Bigby Wolf. So it's all about characters, sort of fables. It's based around the fables um, graphic novel by uh, Bill Willingham. 
And I would say the one thing you know after playing this game is I, I want to go out and buy the graphic novels. I want to I want to read the comics. I want to learn more about the sort of universe and the story. And so it kind of like follows that you know the, the fables about. Um, they've been banished or they've had to leave their own sort of world and they've they've kind of been plonked in New York and they're in this kind of like little district of New York which is called Fable Town so there's it's it's a, that story about you know what would happen if you've got these like famous characters like say little red riding hood uh, the big bad wolf the woodsman um uh, georgie porgy you know all these characters where would they fit in our world what what if that they're not the sort of like the characters that they were portrayed to be in their own stories and it's not a new thing you know watchmen did it the league of extraordinary gentlemen took characters that are familiar and kind of put a different spin on them or watchmen is what if superheroes lived in our universe or our world but they were shitbags you know or they weren't particularly super people they weren't nice people so it's not a new theme but it feels really fresh so the story is that you're the sheriff you're bigby wolf uh, of fable town and you're investigating some murders and it's all about your sort of like interaction with somebody you work with who's snow white and ichabod crane he's your kind of like the the guy he's your boss um and like you say it's just your choices affect everybody around you and what you do and it's like you're investigating the the murder of the uh, the fables people who are being killed so it's kind of like the story goes and it's five parts and the thing is, you can always pick this up cheap, generally speaking. I think I picked it up for about six quid. And even the full price is only about £12 for all episodes, and I'd definitely recommend it for that. I think there's something about the tone of it. It just feels very sort of like there's um, is something going to happen. It's very foreboding, and I think the music kind of makes that stand out as well. Like you were talking about uh, Near Dark recently, Dave, with 80s Pictures, and it feels like a little bit of a Tangerine Dream kind of soundtrack going on. I don't know mm-hmm. if, if you... Th- think that and oh yeah it's yeah. just it's just uh, yeah i say i've 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 got one chapter left to, to go um and it's superb but i don't really want to say too much more about the story because it's one i think you just need to get to grips with yourself and and again it's not a game that you're gonna be doing loads with the controller i mean there's thousands of games out there where you're going around shooting people in the face and it's like kind of full-on action this is one where you're just literally kind of sitting back and interacting with the story you know yeah. listening to the characters and they feel and breathe like you know they kind of like real people or real characters and you know it's just great to sort of see you know the the sort of your traditional view of these characters in the nursery rhymes or in sort of like other stories that you've seen them in and the, the sort of the modern spin that they've put on them it's fantastic it really is and uh, de- yeah definitely recommend people try it and pick it up I totally agree with you. I think um, I think Telltale Games have really got into the stride now with this this type of game, and I, I agree with it's for me. I mean, I've played both seasons of The Walking Dead as well, and I far enjoyed this more than The Walking Dead. Even though I've got to say, The Walking Dead season two I thought was a, a big leap in front of uh, season one of that as well. And I know Ramrod, you've got three sixty, haven't you? And I know for sure you'd you'd love this because it is like Chris said, it's an interactive story. I can sell it to you in a quick sentence, mate. Here you go. If you go play, th- if you play this, you get to see Snow White being fingered. How about that? <laughs> Sold. There you go. Is it by a dwarf? <laughs> it's, by, it's by an old man. I'm saying no more. Oh my God, Dave, are you in the game? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, I mean, I've I'm very familiar with Sam and Max. 
I, I thought it was one of the best games I had on my, oh my God, my Amiga back in the day. And um, yeah, I'm familiar with the company that make, you know, they they kind of stick to their guns when they make these games. They don't push out into other realms and try and make something that they're not that's not their style, their calling card. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't familiar with this, obviously. I mean, I worked for eight years as a deputy manager in game, so I should know a shitload about games, but <laughs> I kind of dipped out of the window of video games for a while, and just looking through the shots of it now, it's got a very film noir sort of thing going on with it. Yeah. Um, I, I would totally play the shit out of this. You would. I, I know for sure you would love it, and I think it, it bodes really well for the Game of Thrones game that's going to come out for them. It, it seems as though they're really, each um, each game of this genre that they're releasing, they're sort of learning from the previous one, and you know, and, and just adding to it and making it better and better, so yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it to you, mate, easily. It's 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 got sorry Chris it's I was just I was just looking through it now and it's it's a, based on a a comic book as well Vertigo was mm. behind it as well which is like massive uh, comic book geek appeal as well there but yeah it looks all it looks like my cup of tea it's kind of like a Constantine in the Fable world sort of yeah. thing it's nice awesome. yeah it's um it's one of those I mean it doesn't come without its problem the only problem with it is a telltale game and you know you probably noticed this with Walking Dead because you're making choices and because it saves choices and it, it's kind of like it, you can it, it's a little bit of a nitpick I guess but sometimes it throws you out because like it will stutter a little bit because it's like it's almost like it's loading in the next set of choices or the next set of but I mean like you said it's film noir and uh, you know it, 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 it's best really um and again, that the, one of the great things about this is that you can choose what you want your character to be like. You know, do you want him to be the kind of like heroic good guy, or do you want him to be an utter shitbag to people? You know, <laughs> do, do you want to be a twat to everybody and basically being, be you know, that's the beauty of these type of games. Um, so it's it's awesome. Yeah, recommend it totally. Yeah. What about you, Ramrod? Any uh, video game talk you want to do? Well, I am playing at the moment. I uh, I started playing Alien Isolation, and uh, I think me and you, Dave, had a similar experience where nothing fucking happened for, <laughs> for hours, and uh, I kind of lost my patience, unfortunately, with it, as the, the reviews were amazing, and I'm a massive Alien fan. I just, I was like, oh, where's this fucking Alien going to come? It never appeared, so I got the evil within because I'm a massive horror freak. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's literally Resident Evil 4 um, in another world. You know, it plays exactly like Resident Evil 4, which for me is one of my most fun games. I've completed it on every format it came out on. It, I just couldn't get enough of Resi 4. I just thought it was crazily good. I'm, I'm a bit of a, a quick-fix gamer. I'm a Call of Duty guy where I should be a Fable guy or a Skyrim guy as much as I'd love to give them my time I just want a quick fix game mm. and even within has given me that it's you don't have to think ever you just shoot but the styling of it the direction of it is one of the best horror games it reminds me a lot of the suffering on the PlayStation 2 very visceral, very gory. Um, did make me jump. Um, <laughs> That's a good sign. Quite, quite a few times. But, it, you know, you, if you put it next to Resident Evil 4, you could almost say, well, he's just made the same game again. 
yeah, he has made the same game again, but there was nothing wrong with that because there isn't anything that Resident Evil's done since Resident Evil 4 to make me want to play another one of those games like the yeah. Raccoon City game and all them. I thought they just lost the, lost the idea of Resident Evil. And this maintains it. You're creeping around in horrible forests and prisons and asylums and there's things with massive pickaxes in their hands also stuck in their faces that want to get you and if you get them first you get to burn their bodies and make sure they're dead which for a horror fan like me is just so satisfying mm. <laughs> you, you don't just get to shoot them in the face or blow their heads off you've got to burn them and make sure they're dead like the thing it's I've really loved playing it and as much as I wanted Alien Isolation to like anchor me in and you know mm. put me through this horrible stressful experience it didn't happen and I know David didn't happen for you either yeah I know I mean you've raised a good few points there because I think when you get to a certain age as well your sort of gaming time diminishes doesn't it and mm. I think that was the main sticking point for, for me and you, mate, was with, with Alien Isolation was you wanted to get to sort of some of the meat of it. You wanted to at least see an alien. And because you'd hardly got any game in time, um, you didn't get to it. I suppose that's no fault of the game. It's purely because of our time limits. Mm. But I did find myself getting lost quite a lot and backtracking and going round. And when, say, you, oh, okay, tonight I've got an hour to play a game and it could be the first night you know in a fortnight that you've got to play a game and you spend that hour walking around the same corridor back and two trying to find this one hatch in the floor that you've walked over six or seven times Indeed. and not noticed it it's like sorry yeah i get it but it's not the game that i need to play with the limited gaming time and it's also interesting the game that you're talking about with Evil Within, because I know for a fact, Chris, you've been playing it as well. Mm. And also on um, the latest movie show about The Thing, um, you made a bit of correlation between the two, like Ramrod did as as well then. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've finished it, actually. I finished it um, not very, very recently. And, I mean, I haven't got a clue really what's, what's going on with the story, particularly. Um, <laughs> then Jackie, uh, Jackie was it, Earl Haley, he's, he's a creepy dude, uh, which he tends to play creepy dudes these days. Um, but... <laughs> And it's, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, it is kind of like the greatest hits of Shinji Mikami, who, you yeah. know, Resident Evil, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. I enjoyed it. It's kind of my type of game. Um, and I, I can see where you're coming from with Alien. I mean, I've got that. I've played up to about level four, and it's a very slow burn. I haven't really gone back to it, and um, I, I will go back to it, but it, it's kind of, I think it's one that polarizes opinion, definitely. It's a Marmite game. You love, you, you know, you love it or you hate it. Um, but Evil Within was was really good fun. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, I, and like you said, you, you know, you, your resources are really limited because although you've got like weapons and guns and, and things like that, it's you can't just go in gung ho and shoot the shit out of everything. You, you you do have to sort of like reserve your ammunition and um, the way that you sort of like almost it's a bit dead spacey. You know, kind of like de dismember the bad guys or you shoot them and you'll blow part of their head off. Um, and then you'll knock, you take them down, and then you set fire to them. You like just kind of, cause, and it, even your matches are kind of like um, limited. So, and it, and you, you know, again, it's typical kind of like Mikami. You, you've got um, a guy with a chainsaw chasing you around, which yeah. is always good fun. So, but no, I thought it was great fun. Yeah, I really did enjoy it. Yeah. I like the I like the interactive environments on it as well, where you. you where it does give you a little bit of, oh, you can set this hay bit, or you can set that on fire, you can set that oil thing on fire. And it it was little things like that that I really enjoyed about it, that it, it was a little bit more immersive, that you're not just bang, bang, keep walking. 
I did feel like I needed to run the fuck away a lot, which <laughs> yeah. you don't get in a lot of horror games because you, you're overwhelmed with big weapons to blow their faces off. But in this, yeah, you've got like two bullets in your gun and you think, oh, shit, you know, that there's ten of them coming after me. Yeah, it's a good fun game. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's on my sort of to-buy list. Um, I think I've got about, like, about 50 quid in game credit left. And I'm tempted by this, but I've got to say I'm waiting for uh, Far Cry 4. Mm. I think will be the one that makes me uh, finally get rid of the final bit of my credit at game. GTA 5. Although I've already played it and finished it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> there is a few extras on uh, current-gen stuff, though, isn't there? Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't... Uh, this will probably come down in price. I mean, um, game, I just noticed today, they've already got Alien Isolation down to 25 quid. It was like 54 yeah. um, about when it was released. That was about less than a month ago, I think. So, yeah. And I, I think this will probably be one in a week or two. You'll probably pick it up for about the same. Yeah, so. I will probably pick up Alien Isolation again, you know, when it drops. Mm. I think probably 15 quid might be the magic price point, and I'll pick this up, and maybe like 20 quid and down. And, um, that's and take, a week, take a week off work as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it would take about six months to complete the bloody thing. Thing is, when you've got an hour at night to play a video game, Babe Station starts at like eleven, <laughs> and you you normally drop off after that on the oh, city. Well, yeah. But that's like you know just over a minute taken care of out, out of the hour, isn't it? Well, it you know? depends who's on, really, though, doesn't it? <laughs> well, and yeah. Also, when it starts at eight o'clock, if you go for the sort of like the the non-topless preview, I haven't so... got Sky. I've got Freeview. Uh, <laughs> oh right. <laughs> I've got two channels to pick from, and yeah. one's what, shit and one's really shit. One of them's the over 40s one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you subscribe to that one, Dave, you know you do. That's the one. <laughs> That's the first one in my list of favourites, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Gaming time always comes second at the moment at Dave Station. <laughs> it's just one of those things. <laughs> well, even though I've quite recently got a PS4, I'm going to talk about um, a mobile game. That I downloaded, and I know it's available. I've got an Android system. Uh, it's also available on iOS, and it's Hitman Go. For, are you aware of this, Chris? I'm not actually. No. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're aware of the Hitman franchise. Hmm. Uh, I can't remember how much I paid for it on iOS. I was just looking now, and it's uh, on Android. I mean, it's two ninety nine on iOS, uh, and even at that price, I wouldn't have paid more than that. I know for sure. Even at that price, though, I, it's well worth it. It's it looks incredible. It's um it's sort of how can I describe it? Sort of my isometric view. It looks like you, it looks like you're looking from above and diagonally onto a board game, and you've got these like um, pre-rendered um, characters that you move across on the board. Now obviously you've got the character of Agent Forty Seven, the Hitman, um, and he can move like. Um, one section at a time. Now you've got you've got the lines of the on this board um, of everywhere where he can move and everywhere where the bad guys can move. And on the board you've got things like the the obligatory briefcase, which is in the game. You can also pick up disguises. Uh, the only way you can kill the bad guys is you have to approach them either from behind or to the side. If you come to the front and they're one move away from you, they'll see you and they will they will kill you. So it's 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 a puzzle game, 
um, in its essence. Uh, but it also it sticks really firmly to the to the Hitman franchise and what's gone before it, and it recreates levels from all previous Hitman games. So if you've played any of the previous Hitman games, you'll be really familiar with with the, the board game design of these levels, which is really really good. Um, there's a lot of levels you've got to you've really got to think about them. You've got to replay them. You'll do a move and you think, oh shit, if I've moved there now, the bad guy's going to come here. He's going to see me. He's going to kill. You can pick up rocks and throw them to distract them. It's quite deep in the way that you've got to think about the moves and plan ahead. And there's a shitload of levels to it. I mean, even on iOS for two ninety nine, you're going to get your money's worth. Um, and the replayability um, with all the levels. There's three different like bonus objectives to do. So the first one is you've got to try and complete the level in so many moves. Uh, another one is if um, if you can get the briefcase on each level. And oh shit, what's the other one? The other one is I think it changes. I think on one of them it's if you can complete the level with no kills. So there's always the extra objectives. You can complete it. Maybe you'll complete one or two of the extra objectives, and you, you replay it and trying to get that final third one um, to tick everything off. Um, there is DLC, obviously. That you know, all these mobile games, they want a bit of extra money from you. You don't need to get it. Just from the the basic game that you download is going to keep you occupied for a long, long time. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's recommended if you like the Hitman franchise. It's a no-brainer, really. Get it if you've never played the Hitman franchise and you like sort of puzzle strategy games. Get it as well. Mm. Mm. Looks really good. Um, it's got a Metacritic score of eighty-one, so it's getting some really, really good reviews. But looks of it as well. Oh yeah, it does. I mean, it, it does look incredible as well. You know, it's you know graphics isn't the be-all and end-all, obviously, but it just looks like you are playing a board game on your phone. Awesome. Mm. Was it like Hitman Chess? Um, in a way, yeah, in a way, in a way, yeah. I guess that's one way of explaining it, yeah. But, but better. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got we've got just over fifteen minutes. We haven't talked anything music-wise. Um, Ramrod, do you want to talk a bit of music? Um, well, I mean, my oh my god, music at the moment. Uh, I'm going to lose you both probably here. But the only album I've been listening to at the moment is by Churches. Um, anybody heard of Churches? No, you Chris. No, no. Oh, sorry. So imagine the <laughs> imagine the Drive soundtrack, the original Drive soundtrack, not the Zane Lowe Drive soundtrack that was on yeah. in the week. Um, it's that sort of thing. It's very ethereal, very ambient. I listen to a lot of ambient Aphex Twin and stuff like that. Um, it's amazing. Um, it's not heavy metal. <laughs> it's it's totally out there. Um, can I just talk about ACDC's drummer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if yes. anybody saw the yes. news today. You may as well. Now you brought it up. Because, um, I mean, everybody loves ACDC. Everybody loves ACDC. I don't care what anybody says. But Phil Rudd, the ACDC drummer, has been charged with trying to get two men murdered in New Zealand. So I just wanted to say, obviously, he went out to shoot to thrill uh, with a big gun. Um he recruited these two guys to get some dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Oh. Um, obviously, though, if they ran out of ammo, he was going to use TNT. And now he's in prison. They're going to have to do a fucking jailbreak. And that's it. That's all I've got to say. On a highway to hell. Yes. Keep them coming. I think you fitted that well in after the uh, the Hitman talk as well. 
But yeah, music for me is uh, it's it's been all about ACDC today. I've been pissing myself laughing about ACDC. So I'm going to listen to a shitload of ACDC and laugh about how one of them is a massive bastard murderer. <laughs> that would attempted be murderer. A good, attempted a, murderer. A good album title, actually. Allegedly, it? allegedly, allegedly. Yes. Alle- allegedly. Well, no, he has been charged today, so <laughs> we can put him. He's not. This is not Oscar's Pistorius. He didn't know who was in the... He thought the Babadook was in the bathroom. No, it's not nothing like that. It was... It's a true story. I ran out of fucking songs to, after that. I, you know, shook him all night long. I couldn't de- relate it to mood. So... So, yeah. That's my music contribution. You just wanted it as a weak excuse. <laughs> to get my jokes in. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'll do better next month, I promise. Next month I'll be fucking... It'll be incredible. It'll be a whole album review. <laughs> but listen to Churches. It's a great album. It's beautiful. Will do. We'll yeah. give it a listen. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Yeah. Um, oh, God, I ain't going to top that. <laughs> uh, okay, so have you got... Um, this is two for one. I'm all about adding value and everything. So this is kind of like a movie and a, a soundtrack or album at the same time. So have you guys seen Into the Wild? Oh, oh mate, you're playing with my dreams. Ooh. One of my favourite. You're talking yeah. about Eddie Vedder. <laughs> this is the one. So, right, Into the Wild, it's a 2007 movie directed by Sean Penn. Uh, I think written by him as well or uh, co-written him but uh, and it stars um emil hirsch who i think is fantastic in it mm. and he plays a guy called chris mccandless who it's based on a true story he graduated from university and then basically gave up all his worldly possessions donated his entire lo- lo- life savings to i think unicef uh, if i remember rightly and just he, he was just going to you know, kind of like uh, walk the earth, go into the wild, so to speak. And his, his kind of like destination was Alaska. So that was it. He was just, that was his journey. Now, I mean, looking into him as a person, um, you could argue that, that maybe there's a romantic notion there that uh, he, we're the, we're the people that are trapped, you know, in our nine to five jobs and he's free. He was kind of like, that's what he wanted to do with his dreams, you know? And so that was, that's what he wanted to do. And, so be it, you know, to his own ends. Or you could argue that he was a bit of a fucking idiot who kind of just went off into uh, kind of ill-prepared, just, you know, didn't really care what happened and just... But that's the debate for another day. You know, that's not my opinion. But um, the soundtrack, having watched the film, I was just like, like listening to the music in it and everything else. I thought, that's, that's Eddie Vedder, you know. Oh, growing up, I know you hate grunge music, Dave, but <laughs> growing up, um, I loved... That was kind of my era when I was 16, 17. I'm 38 now, by the way. But um, I kind of like going into clubs for the first time and pubs. It was all about that kind of... That was the, the sort of like early to mid-90s. So Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, um, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots. Those were all kind of the bands that I listened to. And then more into sort of like the dance era, like Prodigy started to get big and everything else. And um, so I love Pearl Jam. Distinctly by remember buying 10, you know, uh, that album. Uh, still an amazing album, it really is. And But I thought Eddie Vedder's great. As soon as I finished watching the film, went on to iTunes and bought the soundtrack. And um, so that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it. So it's kind of like I got a bit of a folksy type sound to it. It's not like, 
you know, you, I think you'll get along with it, Dave. Uh, it's only a very short album. It's about 30 minutes long. Um, there's 11 tracks. Um, there's sort of like the... It's one of those, I think, because you, you were talking about this again, like with uh, Tangerine Dream, in as much as, like, if you listen to the soundtrack within the film, it's it all clicks together, it makes sense, and it's fantastic. But then when you listen to it sort of separately, it's not what you thought it was. It does, you know, But, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So kind of like um, this fits in with the film really, really well. And um, it's one of those that having listened to it over the past sort of couple of weeks, uh, you know, uh, properly, because there are certain tracks like with, I suppose, a lot of albums that you tend to listen to more than others. And I do with this album, but I sort of like, you know, kind of sat myself down and right, you can listen to the whole sort of thing a few times and, and get to grips with it. There's a few which are really stand out, which are really, really good. And some which are OK, you know, kind of like take them or leave them. Um, so like the standout ones for me that the good tracks are... Uh, setting forth which is fantastic um rise um guaranteed but the really really set standout one for me is hard sun which i think is a fantastic song it really is wonderful um but i think just because i love um eddie vedder and, and anything kind of like that he would do i'd kind of tend to you know gravitate towards anyway so um it's fantastic it really is uh, i definitely recommend it but watch the film as well watch the film and then give the the soundtrack you go and see what you think of it but yeah two for one there yeah i'll have to give that a listen to sounds quite interesting mm. Mm. you're very picky with your kind of music though aren't you dave oh i'm so picky it's unbelievable yeah there's so many things that i don't like you know whiny vocals you, all that kind but, of shit yeah there's not many whiny vocals in this but i mean it's, it's eddie vedder have you, have you listened to pearl jam do you like have you listened to any of that kind of stuff i or? i have listened to them i've got to say i've never bought one of their albums so my knowledge of the songs is sort of limited to the stuff i've heard like on rock radio mm. but you ramrod you said that i was kind of like uh singing your kind of music here so what, oh, what's... i mean i i can't agree with you more into wilds one of my favorite films um and the soundtrack, I mean, when Eddie Vedder writes any music, you, you pay attention, you know. I mean, he's gone into, like, when he did ukulele music and his folk stuff, which is what is... It, it, the word is melancholy, and the film is very melancholy, and mm. the music is perfect. Sean Penn's a fucking genius for putting that story and that music together because it's, you know... and. And not a lot of films. I like films like Paris, Texas and um, Lost in Translation and things like that and Blue Valentine where you've got an audiovisual experience but a real weight to it. And Into the Wild is one of those movies where it's it's real hard work. I can't imagine a lot of people that have watched it and go, oh, it was a fucking great film. They'd probably go, oh, that was bloody depressing. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I grew up the same I mean, 10, Release Me's my favourite song, and Black, you know, Alice in Chains, anything Nutshell by Alice in Chains, that's the sort of thing I'm to I connect with. And it's the same when I saw Into the Wild, because it's so well made, and, you know, and I think there is that debate with the character, whether he is a total dick, or he's just fighting the system, and he's going to just be free, and, you know, he's like a hippie, born in the wrong era, you know, he's doing his own thing, but the music for that film, it, it's perfect, mm. it, it's one of those rare things where audio-visual, like Drive, like Lost in Translation, where it just comes together, and it creates a feeling, and an emotion, that some people will get, and some people who are bellends who watch the x factor <laughs> won't get you know but yeah couldn't agree with you more i think it's an absolutely brilliant movie and it's not 
held up high enough. You know, Sean Penn as a filmmaker doesn't make a hell of a lot of movies where he directs it and has the whole hold over it. I mean, I think the last thing I saw him in was The Life of Walter Mitty, where he was the best thing in it, and it changed the entire tone of the movie when he turned up. Um, but yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Eddie Vedder's a god. I mean, the documentary that Cameron Crowe did, A Pearl Jam, you must have seen that. It was uh, one of the best documentaries about music i've ever seen in my life and eddie vedder transcends he's just he's ridiculously talented i'd yeah. love to see him live i've never been able to see him but well yeah couldn't agree with you more absolutely amazing amazing pick awesome. you've beaten think... my acdc there you've beaten it <laughs> i think here's a challenge for you dave just <laughs> just for a laugh oh god it, um right for to sort of like for one day to sit down and listen to um dirt by alice in chains god <laughs> i'd love to see one. your face listening to... <laughs> yeah i will tr- i will try it before the next time we record one of these one then how about yeah. that i'll try i've got to say that i think i missed out on a lot of this because i turned my back on music because I was so much into like eighties hair metal, and when grunge and like industrial music and all the you know, all the 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 way that metal splintered a lot, and I wasn't into it, so I turned my back on music and I I listened to some, but I didn't really sort of ingratiate myself into them too deeply. So, you know, maybe all these years later, it might be worth listening to some of this stuff. You never know. Definitely, oh, some yeah. amazing songs, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden in particular. Um, Rusty chain, you know, kind of like all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, love it. Yeah. You rem- you must remember Rusty Chain, Dave. It was it was uh, Rusty I remember Cage, the name. It? It's on yeah. the Road oh, Rash. Cage. Remember when so, the 3DO yeah. came out? Oh God, yeah. And it, and it's the intro song to the Road Rash on the 3DO. And it it was it's a you know they they're great heavy songs, but the, the the differences in the lyrics, I think, when grunge came out, it was like, no, we're going to relate to you. We're not just going to talk about getting sucked off in the back of the bus. That's the, <laughs> There's that was nothing the wrong shit. with that. There's hey, nothing we've wrong all with done ten it. songs about that. The Areva buses from Wrexham to Chirk, I've had loads of blowjobs on them. I'm not, <laughs> it's nothing to do with it. But yeah, the, you can't beat grunge music. It was a time that's never going to be repeated, I think. Yeah. Really well. That's that uh, game actually got me into Soundgarden. That was the, that was why that, listening to that song. That, yeah, that was got got me into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. We've got three and a half minutes left. Go, so Dave. I, I'm quickly. I, I want to make sure people are aware of this album. It's uh, the fifth album by Body Count. Yes. It's their, it's their first album in eight years. It's called Manslaughter. And <laughs> if you had to review it in one sentence, it's fucking awesome. Um, they've, they've not let me down I mean I've been into Body Count since the first album was released in the early 90s um, self-titled Body Count um, Born Dead the second album, bit of a drop <laughs> in my opinion uh, and, and a lot of people's opinions apparently um, the third album, Violent Demise fucking incredible again Murder for Hire in 2006 good, good, not stand out this total return to form absolute total return to form um, th- one of the singles on it and I played it for you Ramrod when you came around here uh, earlier yeah. on this evening is 99 <laughs> Problems which when you say that people go oh yeah it's a Jay-Z song from like 2000 and whatever no, well it is but he got it from Ice-T Be- what? <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't me. Wasn't me. I, I think I lent on my microphone. Oh, oh, I, I, just I, I thought I was suddenly guessing on the same coin then. <laughs> 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 and there was a fart. 
It's this cre it's this wooden headset you've given me, Dave. <laughs> it's, it's I'm really one. struggling with it. I'm getting splinters. It's, it's getting ready to go Dalek, mate. Trust me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was originally 99 Problems was originally on Home Invasion, uh, the Ice T album released in the early 90s. So because like everybody goes, oh yeah, it's like Jay Z. He's he's re-recorded it with Body Count. He's put like big balls onto it. The lyrics are just hysterical. And I'll give a quick shout out to Ice T's podcast, which is Final Level. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Final Level. Essential Hilarious. listening. I think they're up to episode ooh, I think 20 or ish. If you haven't listened to any, start from number one. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Um, and his the whole lyrics for Body Count are like, if you're into action films, you like 80s stuff like Arnie and Sly, and they go so over the top with the action. Ice-T does this with his lyrics for songs, and he does it knowingly. So he'll talk about, like, killing with guns, but he'll go into such detail about shots to the head and describing the different guns and going so over the top with it. You can't help but love it. It's it's, it's so... It's over-the-top metal rap, which is just... Um, incredible and i love this album and yeah manslaughter body count we're into 50 seconds to go unfortunately um the one thing i want to keep with this podcast is it's an hour listening with the guests that i'm on so quickly we've got 40 seconds is there anything you want to say either of you i'll shut up before we finish but it'll have to be quick <laughs> okay go chris oh christ christ, christ. Uh, no, no. <laughs> pressure pressure quick we're down to 30 yep. seconds yeah, it's always quite funny and ironic that um, he did a song called Cop Killer and then he actually went on to play a cop in Law and Order. No, not Law and Order. Yeah, it was Law and Order. Yeah, it that is. one. Yeah, so there is. you go. That's all right. Yeah, thank and, you. And New Jack City. He was a cop. Ah, in yeah. Oh, he's amazing in that. Oh. Trespass. Everybody, so hard. everybody watched. <laughs> everybody oh, watched Trespass. Oh, I love him. He's great. Um, yes. Well, I'll do all the outro soon. You will hit these two guys again. Thank you both. And quick, say goodbye, both of you. Bye. Bye. The alarm clock sounding, of course, means that's the end of this episode. But fear not, because Chris and Ramrod will be back in a month's time, where we'll be talking, I guess, well, more movies, definitely. There could be uh, music, games, books, who knows what we're going to be talking about, as long as it's entertainment's related. Uh, you can follow Chris on Twitter, at DastardlyJabby. Ramrod isn't on Twitter, but uh, much like Candyman, if you stand in front of a mirror in the dark and say his name three times, he will appear behind you. So that's even better still. You can follow me uh, on Twitter at 60 Minutes With and on Facebook, facebook.com slash 60 Minutes With. That's with a six and a zero. There's uh, a website and email address coming next year. The website will, of course, uh, host all of the podcasts uh, and much more content besides. That's all still in the planning stage, but that will be with you before you know it. So thank you very much for listening, uh, especially so if you subscribe and there'll be another episode coming at you, an interview episode, before you know it. Thank you.